Hey, go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I proudly bring to you Football Life Presents the Audible. This is our fantasy football special. You know, I had to bring in somebody that I have history with. A little bit heat, if you will. There's some heat. So please welcome my former co-host of one of the best funnest podcast we ever i don't think funnest is a word felipe but felipe malicio formerly of the men up north now with the total basis podcast thank you for filling in how the hell are you doing man well first of all thanks for inviting me it's been it's been a long time we i don't think we've done a podcast together in a very very long time i know you guest uh you were a guest on the uh the total basis podcast with sean and i um we were only going to be there for like 10, 15 minutes and you spent the entire hour with us. So I do appreciate you feeling, uh, you uh, taking up that whole time as we had a, a lot of good stuff to talk about. And you know what it was, Matt? It was like a, like hand and glove, man. It just felt right. It felt natural. And uh, for those who don't know, we, Matt and I used to do a podcast together way back in uh, 2014, maybe around there. Uh, yeah. And that's basically how these, that's the precursor to all these life group podcasts was just Matt and I wanting to do podcast together and ironically we ended up going our separate ways i i went with baseball he went with football but uh we're back and we're better than ever so i'm glad to be uh hosting uh filling in for randy who i hope he's doing okay is he all right is he uh what's up with him yeah he had to make the uh fiance very happy he, they went on a little vacation up in the mountains so um i would say it might have been a proposal scene but he already proposed and they're already engaged so he just needed to take some time away. So maybe it was a reproposal. I, I don't. It, it seemed like the first one went really well. I don't know. Maybe it didn't. So, <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm just gonna kind of give everybody a fair warning. Felipe and I are very Chicago centric, so you may hear a lot of Chicago players, a lot of Chicago references from a particular radio station that incorporated into the men up north. Um, one of our favorite post game people of all time post-game bear show was Doug Buffon rest in peace Doug and Ed Obradovich and to give them a little background of how we came up with the men up north and why the reference was who has all the answers Felipe why don't you fill them in yeah so for those who know uh, uh Doug uh, Buffon and Ed Obradovich uh, former Bears players uh, from way back in the olden days uh, I think Obradovich uh, was in the 1963 uh, Bears championship team and uh, we were coming up, we were trying to come up with a podcast name for both of us, right? Like it had to be something that we liked, but it kind of uh, stuck out. And uh, we were we were just, since Matt and I talked, uh, we listened to the score, the uh, local sports radio station here in Chicago, uh, 670 AM on your AM dial. We, we know a lot of these references and we used to just talk about that, that Bears postgame show with Doug and OB. And... Uh, and we would just go back and forth with each other and just spitting out references. And, and there was a one episode where Dick Butkus came in and he talked about, you know, you gotta, you guys gotta feel uh, sorry for these players. You guys gotta give these Bears players a chance. You know, they, they got families, they got wives, they got girlfriends, they got wives and girlfriends. And, and and we used to just crack up at all the references. And finally, there was one episode where Obranovich was clamoring for the Chicago Bears to hire uh, either, was it Ron Wolf uh, from the Green Bay Packers? Might have been Ted Thompson. You got, you got, you got to bring in Teddy Thompson, Doug. You got to bring in Teddy Thompson. Or you know what? Anybody from up north, the men up north, Doug, they have all the answers. And, and like, hey, you know, we're we're from up north, and uh, we have all the answers too. So I, I thought it went well. Unfortunately, uh, Matt moved to Arizona, which now it doesn't make any sense, like because we're not in up north anymore. We're north and we're southwest, and he doesn't follow uh, daylight savings time and. It's hot and up here it's frigid. So it, 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 it kind of, I think once you move to Arizona, the men up north, I think the title itself, well, this doesn't make any sense. So that's when we went our separate ways, it seems like. But that's where, that's the, that's the genesis of it uh, right there. The, it's, uh, it's a Bears football reference. And uh, we're now talking football today as it comes full circle. Yeah. And let's get right into it. Fantasy football wise, um, it's pretty easy to pick fantasy football players that stand out, especially when you pick them from the Green Bay Packers. Specifically speaking, quarterbacks don't really have that high of a value. Felipe, where do you put Aaron Rodgers on the tier of fantasy quarterbacks right now? Obviously, he's not available, but looking ahead to maybe 2021, 
does Aaron Rodgers move up your draft chart from where he was prior to this year? Yeah, because I felt like Aaron Rodgers was being very disrespected. I mean, in, in a lot of my mock drafts, he was going middle of the pack. Like, he wasn't going up up uh, of the uh, upper tier echelon. Like, I think Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes, for obvious reasons, uh, bypassed him as the quarterbacks to get in the third round, which to me is just crazy talk. Uh, not that Aaron Rodgers was being dropped down because there was good reasons to drop him down. He's getting older. He didn't have, he had a pretty subpar season or although as Rogers will tell you, my subpar seasons are careers to some of these other mediocre quarterbacks. Uh, but but uh, no, I've always liked the uh, Aaron Rodgers. I got to a point where you can't even hate the guy anymore. You just got to tip your hat to him and look, he beat the bears again. What else is new? And he's been dominating uh, this division for a very long time. And he's shown that you give him any kind of, uh, competent talent around him. I mean, which he does, uh, he, and he'll, he'll shine for you. I mean, he made Alan Lazard, uh, uh, a fantasy household name before he, he went down with oblique, uh, surgery with the oblique surgery, but Devontae Adams is still the goods. Uh, uh, it was, a, I forgot the running back, uh, help me Aaron Jones. Is it? Yeah, it is Aaron Jones. Yeah. So he has Aaron Jones still. And, uh, 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 they got the uh, other guy too. Um, uh, the guy with the hyphenated. I always forget his name. I think I forgot the name last time. But uh, Valdez Scantley. Help me out, Matt. Valdez something. I can't. I can't pull up the last name of it. Whatever. Scrub Packers. But you know, he makes them into superstars. So I think you gotta you. If you are to draft a quarterback early, I think it's pretty safe to say that Rodgers is still. Maybe it's time to move him up the charts into maybe the top five territory. And then maybe, just maybe, maybe reach for him in the fourth round, just because, uh, just because of how good he's been so far this year. Yeah, I think I take a look at a lot of Packers, and I, I think the tight end Tanyan is a guy that a lot of people need to pay attention to. I think this week we'll get a better view of how they are. But Devonte Adams, Aaron Jones, like you said, Aaron Jones is a top, probably a top three fantasy running back, and he wasn't going in the top three picks, he was more like towards the late first round, which you see a lot of people now have like myself in our fantasy football league, Felipe, um, my team's name. It's all, it's all a problem. And right now it's all a problem. Saquon's out. Uh, CMC got hurt. Maybe coming back in two weeks, two to three weeks. Last I heard. Um, so you take a look at Aaron Jones and that was a boat that maybe people missed. But this Packers offense, you can't go wrong taking one of these guys in fantasy. Tanyan is probably going to be a top 10 tight end at the end of this year. Big body. Aaron Rodgers is going to find him in the red zone a lot. So I take a look at this and you can't go wrong. Aaron Rodgers, top five quarterback. Aaron Jones, top three running back in fantasy, probably next year. And then you start taking a look at Devontae Adams. We already know he's a top 10 wide receiver, maybe top five wide receiver in fantasy when healthy. And then, as um, Leon said, Valdez Scantling, who Thank you. We, were, we were trying to mention there, he's really making a name for himself in Lazard. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I think the Jordan Love draft pick now really comes back, and you kind of like, okay, did it make Rodgers a better player? And I think we can say yes. But yeah. for, fan, for fantasy purposes, I don't think you go wrong with drafting a Packer. Yeah, and uh, it, looking back, it does look like they just did it just to light a fire under his ass and, uh, you know, kind of uh, make him more docile because he's very outspoken. He's very mercurial, very uh, just just the worst uh, teammate you can imagine. But maybe putting in a young quarterback behind him in uh, uh, what's supposed to be not even a really good quarterback, just a whatever who was drafted too early. Maybe that lit the fire that he needed to say, I'll show you. And now they got, now the Packers have a tough choice to make uh, in terms of a future. When, when does the, uh, when does the future start for the Packers and when can they move away from Aaron, from Aaron Rodgers, which is basically what the, what happened in new England, right. With Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. So, so yeah, but with this, I think the Rodgers era extends a, another year, unfortunately for us uh, NFC North fans. Yeah. Speaking of NFC North, let's take a look at an interesting team a little bit to the east of Green Bay, and that's the Detroit Lions. Kenny Galladay, um, God, I can't remember the running back's name. Um, Adrian I, Peterson. Adrian P Well, they also have Kerryon Johnson back there, and DeAndre Swift. Swift, the Thank guy you. who dropped a touchdown pass against the Bears. So 
or Detroit is one of those teams where I like Galladay a lot. Stafford, I don't know about. I wouldn't take Stafford as one of my guys in fantasy because I think there's too many peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. But when I look when I look at the Lions, I, it's Galladay, and that's about it. Um, are you an Adrian Peterson believer at this point in the season? No, no. I, let's put it this way: he's a nice stopgap option for bye weeks. But if I'm depending on him every week, especially with the Lions, because you never know what to expect from the Lions. You know, they, they I feel like they would rather throw the ball 50 times than run the ball 20 times. And if you're only going to run the ball 20 times, there's only so many touches you can share with the, with a three-headed monster like that. But uh, no, and I know even in redraft leagues, I just, I can't see it. I can't see it. There's a reason why Adrian Peterson was a free agent, why he fell on the lion's lap. There's a reason why Adrian Peterson continues to, uh, disappoint fantasy owners because they everybody gets excited to to pick up Adrian Peterson on waivers and then two or three weeks in they're like wait what happened to that first week burst that I saw or that second week burst why is he only getting five points or ten points or, or, or not I'm sorry ten points is too much like why is he only getting five or six points well because there's younger running backs that the Lions are going to want to try out uh, as their season goes comes to a crash and, and a halt unfortunately for Leon Tompkins our our, our uh, podcast brethren from the uh, step back on Wednesday nights at, over at Ball is Life. And uh, no, man, uh, he's it's, it's a young man's league and he's getting up there in age. And I mean, he looks good, but not good enough for my taste. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I have him in our league just because the running back position right now is so thin. <clears throat> There's yeah. not a lot of guys there, especially with all the injuries taking place. <clears throat> especially speaking of injuries. That segues right into the Minnesota Vikings and Dalvin Cook. Cook is out this week. What options are out there in your, your mind? Does uh, Perrine from the Jets entice you? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, Perrine. listen, man. If you can get any running – like, running back is so weak. There's, like, literally no running backs. I was – I need a running back. And there's I, – and I ended up getting a wide receiver because there are no running backs. It's like that the well has dried up or something. But no, you have to be pretty slick when it comes to running backs. You can't. What I found out, Matt Bushnell, is that to get a running back, you gotta almost anticipate uh, the NFL landscape as a whole and start looking at the backups, right? Like, which backup do you think is gonna be the next man up when some of these uh, vet- established veterans on these crappy ass teams uh, are going to start to uh, to die down and, and give their main running backs. Uh, less touches because we're going to tank for next season, whatever. And I, that's why I have Brian Hill on my team. I don't give two shits about Brian Hill. I don't know who Brian Hill is. All I know is that he gets about six to eight touches a game, even with, with Todd Gurley in Atlanta. So I have him on my roster just hoping one day that he's going to get the 12, 15 touches, maybe even the 20 touches that I'm hoping that will make him a productive fantasy football running back. So, no, you got, this is around the time of year. Well, you know, hold on. It came a lot sooner than the years past, but we're out of running backs. So, yeah, if there's like a, a, a rookie out there that somehow has gone under the radar and is available on their waivers or a second-year running back or even a third-year running back uh, and he's like the backup, go and get him. I mean, you you got – it's a crapshoot, Matt. It's a real crapshoot. And, um, yeah, like I said, I need a running back. And I have, what, Antonio Gibson, James Robinson, and Josh Jacobs, and I'm telling you, I need a running back. What does that tell you about running back right now in fantasy football? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now, my running backs consist of Daryl Henderson Jr., who has been really nice the last two weeks, really, for the Rams. So he's been kind of a safeguard there. Um, I always suggest 49er running backs. I I don't care if it's the first string, second string, or third string running backs because they are going to run the ball more than they're going to throw it. They don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo to win them games, so you're going to see a lot more running out of that team. So those running backs are pretty good, and I got Mostart, who is their home run hitter, per se, for their um, running back position. So I think he has the most upside, but McKinnon isn't bad. And then you also have um, Tevin Coleman, who I believe Coleman might be out for the rest of the year. Um, not 100% positive on that. But then we go to another guy, 
and Buffalo, and this situation is just awful. Between Devin Singletary and Moss, you're not getting any production out of either one of those guys. And we'll talk about the Bears rushing problems here in a minute with David Montgomery being a disappointment as well this season. But Devin Singletary was supposed to be this guy that could catch passes out of the backfield, get you those PPR points, and also mix in some rushing and get you some touchdowns. And then it was, well, Moss might be the goal line poacher. Well, it turns out Josh Allen's the goal line poacher, and he's their quarterback. So now you're kind of stuck in a situation with Buffalo, and there's no running backs there that you may have drafted high. I drafted Singletary in like the sixth round, and I thought I was getting a steal. Turns out I got a humongous bust. Uh, Singletary, I love the last name, uh, Samurai right reference right there. I tell you, it's, it's a bear show, right? But no, I, I, Devin Singletary was on my do not draft list, unfortunately. I, I mean – there's upside there, but I just don't like the bills and it's all about opportunity and fantasy football. And I had a feeling that this was going to happen, that he wasn't going to get the goal line touches. What I didn't realize was that Josh Allen was going to hog up all the goal line touches, but yeah, then you still got the Moss guy as well. And uh, nah, not, not for me. Uh, who, I was going to ask you a question. Uh, who's, would you recommend the Vikings uh, backup running back at this point? Madsen? Um, I think so. With Cookout, this team still prides itself on trying to run the football and use play action to really open up the game for Kirk Cousins. Minnesota opened up with a brutal schedule. I mean, it's a one and four team. They're probably not looking at the playoffs right now just because they started off so poorly, but they had a brutal schedule to start and it really hurt them. And with Dalvin Cook being out, I don't think Zimmer's the type of coach to get away from his identity and he wants to run the football. So that would be a guy that I would definitely try to pick up. Um, Another guy from New Orleans, Latavius Murray. He's their number two behind Kamara. But when that offense is humming, he's the type of guy that's going to get touches, um, especially in the goal line. He had two touchdowns a couple weeks ago. And really, I think that's where we're at with running backs, Felipe, is just looking at, okay, can this guy get me touchdowns at the goal line? Because we already know who the primary backs are. I mean, you can take a look at the Giants backup, Devontae Freeman. Not a lot of upside there. The Giants' offensive line is poor. Even if they get to the goal line, they're probably not going to be able to punch it in. So I would take Murray. But Masson for the Vikings, I would probably take him above Murray. But those two really stand out, Murray and Masson. Uh-huh. You mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo, and I just have to talk because I drafted Jimmy Garoppolo as my only quarterback this season. Uh, I figured, well, you know, at this point in the draft, late, very late in the draft, all these mofos are interchangeable. They're they're all the same guys: Joe Burrow, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, who was Gardner Minshew, uh, Ryan Tannehill. They're all the same guys. A couple of things I like about Jimmy Garoppolo: number one, um, what was it? Oh, he had a very easy schedule. Uh, at least that, he was projected to have an easy schedule. Number two, I believe his bye week was going to be week 13 or sometime very late in the season, and that's what sold me. But it was a very unexciting pick. But you know what? At least I don't have to worry about quarterback for a long time. And then sure enough, he gets hurt. But even when he, before he got hurt, all he was doing was handing off the ball. He was not very uh, explosive, and I was kind of disappointed that, that, he, that they were still doing this conservative offense in San Francisco for all the reasons you mentioned uh, uh, in, in your little spiel there about the 49ers running back situation. But no, I was uh, not very happy with Garoppolo. Uh, so I cut him and I ended up getting uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Then, you know, then the whole fiasco with the Titans game happened. And then I had to make a judgment call. So do I keep Ben Roethlisberger or what? And now you're seeing that I have like two of the weirdest quarterback combinations in the league. And that's Garner Minshew as my veteran presence. <laughs> and Justin Herbert, who... If this were a keeper league or a dynasty league, oh man, I would be, I would be starting off talking about Justin Herbert right now because I saw him against the Chiefs when when he had to uh, start like emergency style, and he looked so damn impressive. And I'm thinking to myself, I wish the Bears had a quarterback like that, but no, we got stuck with Mr. Bisky and Nick Foles. But this kid is something else to watch, man. I tell you, and I'm just, I figure, well. I got Roethlisberger. I don't need him. Otherwise, I get him. If this were a keeper league, he would have been gone already. But, and to my surprise, Bushnell, he he stuck. He was in waivers for a long time. I just picked him up last week. Like, are you kidding me? Nobody wants this kid. I'll take him. I mean, he's he's averaging more than in our league, which I thought was a very tough league on quarterbacks. But it's only three points for touch uh, passing touchdowns, right? No, it's six. 
Ballistic. Oh, oops. Well, no wonder. I, I, I wonder, hey, how are these quarterbacks so productive? Well, Herbert's pretty productive in this league. Uh, going toe-to-toe with Tom Brady and uh, Pat Mahomes. That's, I mean, you, you talk about eye test. There, there it is. That's it right there. So I'm very happy with my quarterback situation, but it took me a while to fix it. Even with Gardner Minshew, I feel good because the Jaguars suck so much that he's just going to pass the ball. And best of all, Matt Bushnell, he's going to dump it off to my running back, James Robinson. It's win-win for me, man. Yeah, the, the upside with Herbert here, if it was a keeper league, I mean, this kid would be on everybody's radar. He probably would have been picked up after the Chiefs game. I don't think he would have been out there that long. He throws one of the be- the prettier deep balls I've seen in a long time from a quarterback. Obviously, I don't think he's Mahomes-esque. I don't think he's, you know, Roethlisberger yet. Um you know, I, I would probably take him over Lamar Jackson at this point, though, for fantasy purposes. <laughs> Jackson has not looked good this year. Um, he's under 100 yards rushing almost every game. You, you may get the rushing touchdown from him, and then he may give you one passing touchdown, but it's it's a lot of passes to get that passing touchdown for him. Dobbins hasn't been good. Mark Andrews has kind of fallen off a little bit. So you take a look at Herbert. Who's he throwing to? Mike Williams. Um, Keenan Allen, and these are guys that are proven wide receivers. And with the loss of Austin Eckler, you know, that hurts too, who was going mid, well, probably early second round for Eckler. Eckler is probably in that 13 to 17 range for running backs. But Herbert is the guy they needed. I mean, Tyrod Taylor is a nice quarterback and, and there's going to be a learning curve with Herbert still. It's not going to be linear. You know, we're not going to see this rise continue for Herbert. He's going to run into some tougher opponents, but it's encouraging Jimmy Garoppolo. You can't really say injuries, you know, are planned for because obviously we're running backs. I mean, if, if we had a crystal ball and we're like Saquon Bar- Barkley is going to get hurt after week two and be done for the year, no one's drafting them. So <laughs> with Garoppolo, you look at it and you're like, yeah, you know what? By week later on, um, he's got a really, he's got a top two tight end in all of football. Debo um, Samuel, I, you know, good wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk, who is really showing that he has a skill set. And with one of the best head coach, one of the best offensive head coaches in the entire league can really out scheme a lot of people. Yeah. You know, Garoppolo seemed like a safe choice. Then that ankle injury happened. He came back and just got obliterated by Miami. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even want to see how many negative fantasy points he got in that Miami game because it was ugly. So you take a look at that situation and then the landscape of quarterbacks drew Brees is not the drew Brees that we're used to. I mean, he's had some good games against bum teams, but he struggled against the Raiders. Um, even against, I'm trying to think of the last team they played. Was it the Vikings? Maybe. Um, Packers. Yeah. Packers was one where he, he didn't play too bad, but it was more or less the Alvin Kamara. So Breeze is going to have to dump off to Kamara more often than not. So with Michael Thomas out, you take a look at the quarterback position now and guys that were your top tier quarterbacks, Dak Prescott. And this is why I say streaming quarterbacks can have a positive and negative impact on you. I could take a really shitty quarterback and hope for garbage. I'm like Gardner Minshew. I don't think anyone's going to argue that Gardner Minshew is a good quarterback in the NFL. Is he a good fantasy quarterback? Yes, because everyone's going to be playing prevent because they're going to be down by so much in the fourth quarter. Minshew's just going to be able to go bing, 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 free, free points, fourth quarter. There yeah. you go. <laughs> so, yeah, Blake Bortles all over again. Yeah, I mean, garbage time, it doesn't matter when you get the points as long as you get the points, right? So Wait, hold on, hold on. Garbage Minshew? Is that his name now? Garbage Minshew, <laughs> let's go with it. So I, I take a look at the quarterback landscape, like even the Bears. Okay, let's take a look at the Bears. Nick Foles. I, I mean, he's not anything special. He's not going to win you a fantasy championship. Could he hold down the position for a week against a really inferior opponent, a.k.a. the Falcons? No one saw him coming in and throwing three touchdown passes in the final you know, quarter and a half, but he did it. So that kind of inclines me to say against a bad defense, Foles can light him up. Yeah. Possibly. But... Possibly. 
Yeah, but I mean, if you don't have Rodgers, if you don't have Mahomes, uh, Jackson, of course, I mean, Deshaun Watson's been pretty good. Tom Brady's kind of had a roller coaster year against really good defenses. He struggled against bad defenses. He's lit them up like everyone made that big deal about the five touchdown passes against the Chargers. But the Chargers have a terrible defense. So, you know, they they weren't able to stop uh, Brady from really torching them. So. You take a look at the quarterback landscape. You take a look at the running back landscape. And both positions kind of feel a little thin. But what position doesn't feel really thin, Felipe? Wide receivers. But really quick, I just want to point out, it's not that quarterbacks are thin. It's just volatile. Like, you just made a really good point right now. Like, all the top quarterbacks, they don't look so very top tier right now. But uh, all of the all the quarterbacks who were or drafted late – it didn't cost you anything. You, you waited around a while and you got your running back and wide receiver situation uh, intact. At least I, that's the way I feel right now. Uh, even though I do need a running back, but like we mentioned, running backs are thin, but wide receivers. I mean, every week I'm picking up a new wide receiver because it's just, it's a, it's just so much. It's like every week, some new wide receiver who comes out of nowhere, just picks up the slack where, you know, fantasy points were to be had. And, and, uh, by the way, I, I read somewhere or I heard somewhere uh, this past week that this past week, and I felt it too, and I'm pretty sure you felt it too, was one of the worst fantasy scoring periods in a very long time across the board. Like everybody's struggling. Uh, waiver wire sucks this week. I mean, I, I went and, and, and picked up a wide receiver anyway because now I, I see that I need a wide receiver, at least a wide receiver with upside because my veteran wide receivers are nowhere to be found at this point. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, for example. And Amari Cooper, I'm really concerned now because – Dak Prescott loved, loved throwing to Amari Cooper. And now we get the red rifle out there. And I don't know if he even knows who Amari Cooper is or if he actually coops, if he's a barrel cooper or whatever, or, or if, I don't know what his deal is, but he's going to stay away from him. And we might see a lot of uh, dump offs to their tight end and to Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know. I'm not liking it, but it's okay. There's plenty of wide receivers out there. And each and every week there's a new breakout to, to learn about and to be had. Yeah, and I, I think the important thing to remember with wide receivers is that, one, the quarterback situation and what team you're drafting them from. Like Brandon Ayuk for the 49ers was a popular name. Like everyone had him listed as a sleeper. Well, if, if Brandon Ayuk was more of a running back that could catch passes and line up out wide, I would have been higher on him. Um, I picked him up just because Cortland Sutton, who I had um, out for the rest of the year with an ACL injury, one of the few wide receivers to be out for the rest of the year, um, Julio Jones to me is kind of getting that status of being buyer beware right now, because the last few years, it's always been an injury and it always seems like it's either his foot or his hamstring and it keeps him out the majority of the fantasy season. So Calvin Ridley is probably the guy in Atlanta. I think going forward, I, I would take Ridley over Julio Jones at this point, as crazy as it sounds, but I think that guard has changed and Russell Gage isn't bad either. You take a look at Dallas, man, CD lamb has come out guns blazing. No pun intended there with Dallas, but um, he has looked really good. And uh, Pittsburgh, you know, Claypool came out this past week or, you know, against uh, Philly with four touchdowns. So you take a look at that and it's it just, what can you do to ensure that you play the right guy? And a lot of it's guesswork and opponent. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I think when I look for wide receivers now during this, I, I want to find teams that are going to be down by a lot of points. Typically <laughs> um, my guy, Tim Patrick for the Broncos fits this mold perfectly. Big body wide receiver. Um, compliments Jerry Judy a little bit with Cortland Sutton out. This guy's going to get a lot of looks and Denver's going to be losing games by a lot of points with Von Miller out for the rest of the year. Um, Jarrell Casey's done for the year for the Broncos. So this defense is going to surrender a lot of points, which means they're going to have to throw for a lot of yards to try to keep pace. So I love Tim Patrick. I also like Jerry Judy very high on that. Those two will get better as the year goes on, mainly because they're going to have to get thrown to, especially when Drew Locke comes back. But um, the Jets wide receiver, talk about a team that's going to be down by a lot of points. I don't want any of that wide receiver action on the Jets because it's all garbage. Th that team is absolute trash. There's nothing fantasy-wise that I'm interested in. Um, Speaking of the Jets, really quick, uh, how does it feel to be playing fantasy football in 2020 and you only have 30 teams to pick players from? You're omitting the Jets and the Giants. So the New, New York football sucks balls this year. 
Oh man, could you imagine if both those teams go 0-16? Like a city that goes 0-32 in one year. That would couldn't be happen awesome. to a better region. Seriously, New York, New Jersey, whatever. Yeah, the the New Sorry. Jersey Giants and the New Jersey Jets. Yeah, I think uh, Greg Easterbrook used to call them Jersey A and Jersey B. And you can guess who Jersey B is, Jets, Jets, Jets. But uh, you make – I, I wanted to ask you something really quick uh, as you were talking about young wide receivers. Or just wide re – well, yeah, they're all young because they're all improving and they're all waiver wire uh, priority. But let's talk about established young wide receivers. I was listening to another podcast. And um, – how dare you? And uh, they were talking dynasty football, right? And that's something that you and I haven't done. We've done keeper leagues, but we've never done dynasty. But put yourself in a dynasty uh, football uh, mindset, right? If you were starting a dynasty football league, uh, let's say for next year, who is your number one wide receiver? Is it DK Metcalf or CD Lamb? They both have initials for first things, by the way. Wait, no, they don't. No, no they do not CD. No, that's actually his real name, CD. Yes. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Um, I'm taking DK Metcalf because the quarterback situation is a hell of a lot more stable in Seattle. I know Russell Wilson's his quarterback. Russell Wilson throws the best deep ball in football. And for my money, DK Metcalf is the best deep ball wide receiver in the NFL right now. And I think he's only going to get better. I mean, this guy's going to be the best receiver in the NFL in the next three years. That's just my opinion on it. He does a lot of things that are just so much better than everybody else. And he's so much bigger than everyone else. And he's so much faster than DPs. He makes a huge difference. I love CD lamb. I'm not sure if CD Lamb would even be my number two. Number two would probably be Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is so good, so fast. Uh, I, I like him a lot. So there's guys out there. Uh, I think one guy that we overlook a little bit is Robert Woods. I know he doesn't get a lot of shine being in L.A. with Cooper Cup. Um, I, I think he has a lot of potential to be really good as well. Uh, I think Adam Thielen's a little longer in the tooth, so we may be seeing – you know, him fading away as opposed to ascending. But, you know, just some guys to keep an eye on. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins could play for a long time. He's not old by any stretch. So DeAndre Hopkins is still pretty damn good. Yeah, Robert Woods, I feel like we've been waiting for forever. And even Buffalo, I used to like him in Buffalo. It's just, you know, was it Nathan Peterman throwing him balls or throwing balls to the other team? I forget, but. Yeah, it um, was Peterman, and God, I can't even remember the other guy. I think Fitzpatrick may have had a stop in Buffalo. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, it wasn't a good situation for him at all in Buffalo. And you see what a guy like Jared Goff and Sean McVay can do to a wide receiver. And, I mean, Cooper Cup as well. Cooper Cup's a nobody. He gets drafted by the Rams, and all of a sudden, you know, they know how to deploy those small white guys that can run really good routes, a la New England. Yeah. I was going to ask you, uh, you mentioned um... – the wide receiver, uh, Brandon Ayuk, right? Or as I, or as yeah. I like to call him, Brandon, <laughs> the, the goofy laugh. Um, okay. You mentioned him, and I was in a crossroads about a week or two ago where, where I, on the waiver wire, either I went with Brandon Ayuk or T. Higgins from the Bengals, right? And I went with T. Higgins just because I like Joe Burrow and that little connection that they might have going. Um what would you have done in that situation? Would you have gone with Higgins or Ayuk in that situation? I would, I would go T Higgins. I really like him. I think the sky's what do you like about him? just his speed, his route running looks a lot more polished than what I thought it was. And I like his quarterback more. I like Joe Burrow a lot, which, and I, I, you're going to see a lot of this depending on the quarterback situation. If your quarterback sucks, I don't really like you that much. Like I like Darnell Mooney and I like Anthony Miller a little bit. I'm not a huge, I'm not high on Anthony Miller as I was, but the bears quarterback situation is so volatile and not very good. It, it really even shies away and lowers Allen Robinson's value. Like yeah. Allen Robinson should be a top five wide receiver in the NFL, but with the situation of quarterback with this football team, the Chicago Bears, you just can't trust them in that top tier spot. So Allen Robinson drops to like third, fourth round wide receiver status um, where maybe he should be a second round wide receiver or a first late first round wide receiver. But you take a look at, you know, Ayuk in San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo. We don't even know if Shanahan is sold on, on Jimmy Garoppolo. So that could affect Ayuk because now he has CJ Beathard thrown to him, Nick Mullins. Like the quarterback situation in San Francisco is not good. And that really affects a wide receiver's value. Whereas you take a look at Cincinnati, 
I mean, Joe Burrow looks impressive as hell. You see yeah. him against the yeah, the, the Ravens was a game he struggled, but you expect that because the Ravens are one of those top five defenses in fantasy football, along with the Bears and um, I'm forgetting a couple of other teams there, but Tampa Bay is actually pretty good defensively. So um, I, I just, I, I like where Burrow's trending and I like where T Higgins is going with Burrow. So that makes a big difference. Another uh, Dynasty League question for you. Um Who's your quarterback that you're targeting if you're starting a dynasty league to tomorrow, I guess? Uh, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? Oh, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? Both rookies, man. I only asked a tough questions here. Of course it's Pat Mahomes. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll, take, I'll take the obvious answer. Sure, why not? No, no, to Herbert or uh, Burrow? Man, that's a good question. And uh, I only ask the best questions here, Matt. You do. You do. You brought the thunder on this one. Oh, damn. <laughs> God, I, you know, I never Don't thought I would say this. Justin Herbert, I'd probably yes. take Herbert over Burrow because I like the wide receivers more in Sandy or Los Angeles. And Herbert just throws the damnedest, prettiest deep ball I've ever seen. But Burrow's going to be good too. But I would just take Herbert. I think there's a lot more athletic ability with Herbert. I like them both, man. I was this close, this close to drafting Burrow. But if this were a keeper league, I think I would have targeted Burrow a lot sooner than I did with Jimmy Garoppolo. But I was even even very late in the draft. I'm 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 contemplating if I should draft a quarterback or now or wait another round or wait another round. But Bro was one of my options because I really like the kid. I don't know why. I just I, I you know he, he he looks the part. He looks the part and oh, yeah. so far he's been poised in every game I've seen him play against very tough defenses in a very tough division, mind you. And he's just he's just wonderful to watch, man. And again, it makes me wonder why can the Bears do this? But anyway, I digress. Well, move on, move on, move on, move on. I don't want to talk about the Bears today. Well, 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 let's talk about the Jets situation because I think this is no, it's even worse than the Bears. Okay, okay, go ahead. Uh, No, no, because I mean, a lot of Jets fans will go out there and say Sam Darnold's a better quarterback, but he has no weapons to throw to. So. What is your belief in a quarterback? Do you think the the quarterback makes the weapons, or do you think the weapons make the the quarterback? Yeah, it's a team sport, Matt. It's a team sport. I mean, we've seen really good quarterbacks make make uh, I don't know what's a fancy meal make make uh, prime rib out of out of dog shit, right? Dog shit wide receivers, dog shit running back, like Aaron Rodgers, right? Exactly. Uh, take away last year, and Aaron Rodgers has made household names out of wide receivers and, and, and skill position players that have no business being notarized like that. But at the same time, you also see mediocre quarterbacks like, I don't know, Gardner Minshew uh, benefit from having decent enough weapons. I mean, look at Jag- the Jaguars wide receiver situation. It's not that bad. It, no, it's not. The problem is Gardner. I don't know if Gardner Minshew can actually throw it to those guys, but it's really not that bad. And then you got James Robinson who kind of came out of nowhere um, I think he was undrafted coming from a small school, if I remember correctly. You correct me if I'm wrong there. But, yeah, he'll, he he likes throwing the ball to him. I mean, yeah, that, came that, from Illinois was, State. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Home to, uh, state. State town hero. State town. What the hell is that? Uh, <laughs> but, no, I mean, that game against the Dolphins, I, <laughs> I look at – I see James Robinson gave me 27 points. Like, oh, I'm, I'm missing a really good game. I turn on the game, and the Dolphins are annihilating <laughs> – are annihilating the Jaguars. And it's so basically Minshew was just dumping it off, dumping it off and dumping it off to James Robinson. So it's a little bit of a, a little bit of B, but yeah, ultimately a good quarterback should make uh chicken soup out of chicken shit. But with all that being said, if you're going to like, you know how I feel about Trubisky and I, I definitely, I don't know. I'm kind of uh murky about Sam Darnold. First of all, he went to USC, right? Yeah. Yep. Never trust a quarterback in USC. That's what you guys get for trusting quarterbacks from USC. Don't do it. But number two. They did it twice. <laughs> the Jets. J-E-T-S. Piss, piss, piss. And then, um, so a couple of things that need to happen, right? You need to have a good head coach, a, a good offensive minded coach who will nurture a, good, a, a raw quarterback like that, right? You need an offensive quarterback, a coordinator, a, a good one that, well, is there to follow the head coach's uh, big picture and not just, you know, be there to backstab the head coach. Oh, like, like Lovey Smith got backstab and down in Tampa Bay. Uh, was it Dirk Cutter? I think how yeah, does, how yeah. Dirk Cutter still ha- can get an NFL job after that nonsense he pulled off in Tampa Bay is just ridiculous to me. How could anybody trust this guy? 
I, I wouldn't. I, I mean, he, he's good offensively with the X's and O's. As a leader, not so much. No, no, screw that. This is the guy who backstabbed and and broke chain in command to get the head coaching job. In oh yeah, months. yeah. No, I, absolutely. I wouldn't trust him. But anyway, I digress. And you got to have a good quarterbacks coach, and you everything has to fit perfectly. And you got to not just build up the quarterback; you also got to build up the offense. And and to Ryan Pace's credit, he tried that in Chicago. The problem was that he brought in Trubisky. And you, you, you heard me yell this from the top is the highest of mountains. He shouldn't have drafted Trubisky. He shouldn't have drafted a quarterback that year. You should have gone for a safer choice. You got a, a guy like John Fox, who you can give him any scrub quarterback and he'll find something like Jake DeLome and Tim yeah. Tebow. He made yep. something out of those scrubs. But his thing is defense, defense and running the ball. You already had Matt Forte, I believe, right? If I remember, no, or not. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 or Jordan Howard, somebody. You you had a pretty decent running back situation, right? You had a really good defense, or a decent enough defense that can make you go, "Hey, we got something here." And to give John Fox a young quarterback like that, when his track record shows otherwise, was a really bad move on Ryan Pace's. I, I will say that till the day I die. You should have drafted Jamal Adams, but that's just me. But okay, fine. You got your quarterback, but you got the wrong coach. And then you get bringing a Matt Nagy, who we don't know what the hell his, his thought process is. Does he want to believe in Trubisky? Does he want to see him succeed? Or is he trying to make him look bad and stupid? Because he's looked really bad and stupid since uh, his uh, breakout in 2018. But, you know, it's a bad situation. That's why my ideal situation would be in bring an offensive-minded head coach, especially, you know, if you're 3-13 and 13 and you're seeing the first pick overall, get a good offensive coach, put him uh, with a good offensive coordinator. you got to build that system in place, Matt. And then you draft a quarterback. Otherwise, it's pointless. Yeah, I mean, for the longest time, you and I would go back and forth on this. And I, you know what? I, you turned me to your side. I absolutely agree with you. You just talked about it, Bushnell. Uh, the Bengals and the Chargers. Brand new yep. catch coaching uh, situations, right? They had high first-round picks. You want to start your tenure off right? Get a quarterback. If you're going to bet the quarterback under John Fox or anybody like that, you're going to have a bad time because John Fox doesn't have time for that. And he doesn't nurture players like that. And he'll always pick the veterans over the young guys. I don't care what anybody tells me. I've seen it before. I've seen it too many times. It was not a good fit. So that, that's how I would do it. And, and so along with the situation with who is also around the quarterback, what is the situation? Who is bringing up this quarterback? It, it's Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. Okay. What about the Giants? Didn't they get rid of – no, they brought in Pat, Joe Judge, but they before they got rid of somebody else, didn't they? Pat Sharmer, probably one of the better quarterback coaches in the NFL. I mean, that's a mess. That's a train wreck right there. And, no, that's the wrong way to do it. And to, and to go back to Sam Darnold, I feel bad for him because maybe he does have tools. Maybe he does have a good arm. Maybe he could have been something under a better head coach. But, no, he's, he's stuck with Adam Gase, who – his only track record was that he made Jay Cutler look good for one season. And and all Jay Cutler did was dump the, the ball to uh, Pat Forte for 14 games or whatever. Anyway, I digress. Um, yeah. So, wait, what was the question again? I, I went on a spiel there. Uh, okay, so Sam, Sam Darnold, right? Sam Darnold. Okay, yeah. I'll finish up with you. There might be a little bit of upside left. Just with Trubisky, there might be a teeny tiny little bit of upside, maybe a change of scenery, maybe a, a coaching system that actually believes in this guy then maybe they can build him up to be a, a, a second string quarterback and then eventually they build up to be a, a first string quarterback but um no it's it's it, these are terrible situations for these for two uh, for any young quarterback you can have joe bro on these situations and they're gonna suck yeah i agree i, I think my issue with sam darnold is this it's twofold one people can keep on blaming Nice close-up of the Bears hat there, but people can keep on blaming Adam Gase, but the issue is, like, I, I saw Sam Darnold in USC. Um, I saw Sam Darnold. I've looked at a lot of tape of the Jets quarterback situation for the past two years now, and it's the same mistakes. It's the same not being able to get off your number one target. The seeing not seeing guys there like i think was it last year or the year before where he's in dallas he said he saw ghosts i mean it, it's a mentally broken quarterback right now so you have to fix so many things with sam darnold he has to go to the right situation and i think any team that looks at him here's the issue you get him for year four is one year really going to be enough to evaluate sam darnold probably not 
So then you have to look at, okay, do we pick up his fifth year option? And if you don't, and he plays really well in year four, then you're looking at a franchise tag of over $35 million ish for a quarterback that you're not sold on. And for a lame duck coach too, by the way, lame duck coach. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the, the situation is awful. I, the jets are definitely going to trade him. I, I have little doubt about that. Cause that team's definitely going Oh, and 16. Um, if I'm the bears, here's how I look at the situation. I am letting Nagy draft a quarterback. I'm not letting him trade for, I, I know you can look at it like this, but there are encouraging signs. And for everyone that wants to bash Nagy, here's the thing. The guy is 25 and fucking 12 in his career or 25 and 13 in his career. <laughs> he's been carried by a defense, man. Come on, man. But okay. You said carried by a defense, Felipe. They're down. What was it? 20, 24 to six against Detroit. And then they were down. What was it? 26 and against yeah, the Falcons. I, yeah, Falcons. Okay. And I counter with, they were, they were only, they only gave up 19 points against the Colts and the Buccaneers and their Nagy's offense was nowhere to be found. Oh, well, for the Buccaneers, they finally showed up, but yeah, it, it's uh, the defense has problems too, but 19 points should be plenty for any offense to overcome. And this it, team's it, they're four and one. So you say 19 one. points should be plenty to overcome. They have overcome that. Yeah, but it, it, it's like um, it's like how the Dong City guys would bash the Cubs all year long because it's the fraudulent uh, number one team in the division. It's the same thing with the Bears at four and one. It's really fluky and fraudulent, and um, I, it's not. You know, if if they were to face a real team, Matt Bushnell, I think even you would would admit like, oh boy, they're in trouble. If they were to face the Ravens or even the Packers, I, I think the Packers are going to go two and zero against the Bears this year, just because there's so many flaws on the team and Aaron Rodgers. It might be the same situation we saw with Aaron Rodgers a couple years ago when we had him up against the ropes, and then at the last two minutes with a broken leg, was it, on, on a Thursday night football game? Aaron Rodgers came back and just scorched the Bears, and he won another game out of his ass. So I guess to your situation, maybe if Nagy can pull one of those wins against the Packers, maybe we have a good head coach after all. But so far, it's just been just very – I'll put it this way. It's been very frustrating to watch Bears games over the last uh, – since the start of his tenure. So here's my issue, and I, I don't want to spend too much time on the Bears here because we got to wrap up here in a few minutes. But my number one issue with Nagy is this. It's not play calling. It's not his game management, which, I mean, we could pick apart during the Bucks game, which he really was bad at. It's his continual insistence on playing a guy like Charles Leno, who yeah. can't, can't block anybody. His continual insistence on playing a guy like Bobby Massey, not mm. correcting that. Like these are issues that these guys are not giving your quarterback a chance, let alone giving your offense a chance. And I don't care what anybody says offensively. If your offensive line is not strong, your offense is going to suck because mm -hmm. that's the fastest thing that can sink your offense. Nick Foles. I'll say this. Is he the right quarterback for this offense? Yes. Is he the right quarterback for this team right now? He's better than Trubisky, but Trubisky, hid so many deficiencies with the offensive line by his ability to scramble. That's why you didn't see Charles Leno stick out quite as bad and Bobby Massey stick out quite as bad. So when, when, when you look at the bears offense, if they can shore up the tackle position, which I think they have to, that, that that's an absolute must. I don't care if you go into next season with Foles, because at least Foles can make the checks at the line and get the bears in the right play. Receivers are open. I mean, we saw that against Tampa Bay, they missed three touchdown passes. Uh, and if you want to blame that on Foles, that's fine. But the plays are there. You can see the plays. The running game, you want Nagy to run the ball more? Well, you know what? If the guys can block, maybe you can get out of second and nine where basically you're forced to pass. That's the issue. When you come on first down and you get a yard, you can't you can't put yourself in third and eight and third and nine and third and ten. That that that's a failure overall. So that's part of the issue there. I already got the solution down, man. I got the solution. You want to hear it? Trubisky at running back? Okay, I got two solutions for you. No, uh, the solution is the Bears should trade Trubisky to the Jets for Sam Darnold. And then you don't have to waste a first-round pick on a on a, what's supposed to be a championship window team here. It's supposed to be – this defense is supposed to be championship caliber, right? Yeah, oh, why, it is. Would you, why would you start over? Uh, like, my thing is, if, if that's the case – then let's go. 
uh, complement these other players, bring in more talent, bring the best players available, not quarterback though, because that's going to take a while. And I don't want Nagy touching any young quarterbacks. He obviously likes Nick Foles a lot because there's rapport there from before. And then, you know, the whole Andy Reid uh, coaching tree there. But no, if, if I'm paid, like, no, you don't get a first round quarterback. You couldn't even build up this crappy ass quarterback in from the first round. You got a third round quarterback if you're lucky. And Ryan Pace owes us more quarterbacks. He said he was going to draft one every season. He promised us. And instead, we just got Mitch Trubisky, and that's all we got. And then we're stuck with Nick Foles and Mike Glennon. And pfft. anyway, no, I, I don't want to talk about the Bears because I'm Let very, me make you feel issues. better. Look, Thank look, you, the Houston Texans have a franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson. <laughs> They don't have any draft picks to give them any help. So it's just Deshaun Watson in Houston. So that should make you feel better, Blake. You know what? We don't have a quarterback, but we have a lot of great pieces around us. Like they, they have a really good defense. They have a really good offensive pieces outside of the offensive line. But we just don't have a quarterback and we don't have two tackles. You know what makes me feel better, Matt? Uh, technically, technically, if we're, if we're going to put all the onus on a quarterback for wins and losses, technically – Mitch Trubisky has more wins this season than Deshaun Watson. I mean, (laughs) Trubisky's better than Watson. That's all I'm saying, man. I mean, the numbers numbers add up. Last I checked, was it two wins for Trubisky, maybe? Two wins is better than zero wins. That's Michael Jordan rules. Well, Watson has one now. They beat Jacksonville, so. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. You know, I you know what to his defense to the Texans' defense, they got rid of the cancer in Bill O'Brien, and their schedule is about to get easier from what I hear, from what I understand. So, there's a chance. There's a chance. All right, Felipe, let's touch on your fantasy team a little bit. What are we looking at? How good are they? Are are you at three wins? Yeah, my goal was to get to three win uh, to uh, get to three wins, to, uh, be three and two, right? At the very worst, at the very worst, and I reached that. You get to three wins in five games. That was my goal. Three wins in five games. Little goals, right? And then the other goal was to get to five wins. I'm sitting pretty. It's not the best team, but it's not the worst team. I mean, you saw the ESPN thinks that I I have improved from the initial projection, which had me 11th. at 11th. It was at 11th? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So that means Corey Decker was at 12, and he's improved a little bit too. So it had me at 11th. I went as high as third last week. I'm now in fourth. So I don't know how they're doing their projections. I don't see it. I mean, with my team, it seems like it's trending downward and I don't have the points, but I'm treading water. And that's all fantasy is. It's just tread water every week. I went, I was so excited for my team that I went ahead and, and scheduled my lineup uh, in advance, like all the way through the playoffs. There's going to be some weeks where I'm going to be pulling my hair out. And I didn't realize that both Tyree Kill and Amari Cooper share the same bye week. Oops. And I may not have enough wide receivers by then, but Oh, you know, Justin Herbert has a very easy schedule. Gardner Minshew, relatively speaking, also has an easy schedule. I still got Josh Jacobs. Uh, James Robinson, there's a threat that he might lose his running back number one status in Jacksonville because they're they're about to get a little bit healthy in that position. But until that happens, I'm going to ride this wave of James Robinson. And Antonio Gibson looks like he might be something in Washington. He might be. And he's been in my flex. Again, rookie running backs. You got to get bring them young. What I have been disappointed in was uh, my young players that I drafted to fill out my bench. And something I talked to you, uh, you and Randy about uh, when you guys had me on, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago or a week after week. Yep. Was, uh, this year, I really went out and got me some high upside guys. You know, the, um, was it Michael Pittman from the Colts, I believe? And he's hurt. Well, the Colts are hurt. The Colts have multiple positive COVID-19 tests and they closed yeah. the facility today. So well, that sucks. But the Alan Lazar, another high upside guy, he's hurt. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, you mentioned he has not done anything. And that's looking like a mistake. But it, maybe he should have been on my do not draft list. But whatever. It, it is what it is. I thought he had a chance to overcome Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson. And maybe they can, you know what I thought, you know what my thought process was, Matt? I thought that the NFL had finally caught up to Lamar Jackson. Like they would make adjustments where he wouldn't run so much. And from what you telling me, it sounds like they did. Unfortunately, they're still trusting on Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards to run the ball 10, 20 times, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I, I like my stable wide receivers, although I don't like them as much as I did at the beginning. Juju Smith-Schuster uh, doesn't look like a number one, but he's only my number three wide receiver. Amari Cooper, uh, we talked about it. Annie Dalton, I don't know what to expect. And Tyree Kill, uh, he's grabbing a touchdown every game. So, hey, it could be worse, right? 
but uh, it, it's a oh yeah and Zach Ertz has not done anything for me this year so TJ Hawkinson to the rescue I hope uh, so it's a mixed bag Matt but I'm at three and two after starting the season oh and two I've strung up three wins in a row my next goal is to get to five wins uh, I'm only two games away from that so hopefully I get to the five wins and then that makes it easier for my another goal is to make the damn playoffs where anything can happen. And finally, the last goal is to win a championship. So, you know, if you little goals and then they become bigger goals, right? Short-term, intermediate, long-term. And that's what I'm looking at right now. That, that is the strategy that I think you have to go with. All right, Felipe. Well, we are almost out of time here. Why don't you give us the prediction, your prediction of the Bears versus the Panthers this weekend? Oh, man. Uh, where are they playing? The Soldier Field or down in uh, Carolina? It's, it's down in Carolina. I'm going to go, uh, you know, I, I'll just say it. 27-20, Panthers over the Bears. Wow. Okay. I, 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 it looks like I'm riding this bear ship by myself. Uh, <laughs> You're thinking about that too. Huh? <laughs> are, 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 are you and Sean going this Sunday for total bases? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, yeah, yeah. He says that his uh, schedule is good to go for that morning. Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. at Baseball Life. Uh, we're going to do more recaps of the championship series, looking at the uh, individual players. I know we already talked some, about some of the more established players and some of the uh, younger uprising players, but I think we're going to talk more about some little, even lesser known names that you may not know about. And we're hoping that this is the weekend that we're finally going to uh, start revealing some very, very deep prospects uh, for next year, not just for fantasy, but also for real baseball. As you know, Matt, uh, tomorrow's number 100 prospect will be no tomorrow's number one prospect. Uh, years from now so that's what we're aiming at you know what i'm talking about yeah i got you i get what you're putting down there um real quick houston tampa bay who wins the series for our baseball fans i i we sean and i had tampa and six uh and with the correa home run that which by the way uh Sean and I are, are, are doing a, a dynasty league. We're drafting a 30-team slow draft dynasty league, and Carlos Correa is our shortstop. So imagine our glee when he hits a home run last night to win the game, and it looks like he's good to go for next year. It looks like his back is finally healed up, and um, he's hitting the balls with or without trash cans, so we feel good. But you know what, Matt? We compile, and we're going to reveal a little bit on Sunday. We compile a team full of cheaters. Uh, we got Trevor Bauer as a number one pitcher. There's rumblings that he's been doctoring the balls to make his velocities go way up there than more than usual and, and attain a higher spin rate, you know? So no one's saying anything about that, but we, we, we all worship the ground that he walks on for some goddamn reason. But he's on the team, and he's a cheater, so he fits in very nicely. Uh, he's on but the no, team for next year. Yeah, yeah, on his mock draft. So it's Can you hear me? Yeah, you, you, you muted yourself there, champ. No, uh, some, I'm using my phone, so some nitwit decides to call me right now. So, I mean, no, don't call me right now. I'm in the middle of something. I'm on a conference call. But, uh, no, that, that's what we're looking for on Sunday. Uh, but, yeah, the, so when Correa hit the home run, like, hey, we're a step closer to our being right, which since the wild card, we've been undefeated, Matt Bush. I'll have you know. We've been undefeated since the wild card round. How is that Dodgers prediction looking? Not looking good. Not looking good. Uh, we had Dodgers in six. Looks like it's going to be Dodgers in seven now. If it <laughs> No, that's a mess right there, man. And I had a bad feeling about their rotation because they uh, they just, I don't know, man. Uh, on paper, the Braves don't look as good in terms of the rotation. They don't look as good as the Dodgers. The Dodgers, though, they do have this tendency to only have their starters go three or four innings, and eventually that would have uh, – tax the bullpen which is also good but now we're seeing that the Braves are no slouches either uh, and their offense is coming out at the right time um, they're on fire right now I mean what more can you say they're just on fire maybe the Dodgers should have saved some of those runs for this game uh, I'm sorry for last night and uh, you know you think that Kershaw would have been showing up but, but anyway this isn't a baseball show this is a football show I, I, I got distracted no, that's fine. That's fine. So, all right. Well, we look forward to that. Um, obviously, Monday, then we have Dong City with Vince Mercandetti and Henry Maldonado Jr. I'm sure they are hoping beyond all hope that it will be the Tampa Bay Rays in the World Series as opposed to the Houston Astros. But tune in for that if the Astros make it. It may be apocalyptic. Oh, and then, my God. Yeah. 
And then Tuesday, Randy is back with me on the Audible, um, reviewing week six already. This season is flying by, Felipe. It's already week six. It's hard to believe. Yeah. NFL. And then um, Wednesday, the step back with Leon Tompkins and Jacob Anthony Moses. I'm sure Jacob's going to just have less hair because he's going to witness another Jets loss. And Love then realize that. that the Knicks aren't any better than the, what, what they were the year prior. Poor Jacob, man. <laughs> Poor Jacob, right? And then Thursday, we are now open slotted. Our pod jobbers, the Wrestling Podcast, is on hiatus. And then a week from today, I'm back. And I'm not sure if Randy will be back. I think he'll be back. But if not, I'll be here. So Friday, another episode previewing week seven in the NFL. And that is our schedule. Any last words, Felipe? No, man. Thanks for having me on. It felt good. Uh, it, like, like I said, hand and glove. It's always nice talking to you in person. I know we talk a lot uh, through other forms of mediums, uh, and it's good to have a conversation face to face, even though it's uh, what four thousand miles away or three thousand miles away. About twenty four hundred. Uh, oh no, fourteen hundred. Fourteen hundred miles. But, uh, no, man. Uh, yeah, we used to do this on a regular basis. I was just telling Sean that we used to do this in person, literally in the same room, because we didn't know any better. We just wanted to get the podcast going. And uh, that $100 mic sucks. It sucks now. It's uh, outdated. I don't use it, as you can see, because it, it just it sucks. Uh, so I have to get a new one. But that, that's where it started. We, we went to Radio Shack, got a $100 microphone, and we both shared it in the same room. And that's where the Men Up North started. And and uh, this is, uh, it comes full circle today. So I'm really happy that you uh, were nice enough to have me on today. Oh yeah, it's a pleasure. I, I do remember that day, oh, man, we wanted to, we just thought like, hey man, everyone's doing this, we can do it too. <laughs> and then I remember after the first episode, you're like, we don't sound that bad, you know? And then I listened to some other podcasts and you know what, you were right. We did not sound as bad as some of the other guys. Like on today's date, Eli Matthew hit a one- hundredth home run or you know however the crap they did it but it was so monotone and boring yeah. and ours was kind of lively but man yeah it was different i you, you know in your apartment remember doing that it's on my computer with the fan and you hear the fan in the background <laughs> audacity files that you had to edit stop it stop it oh well no we didn't have to edit because we were in the same room but then when you That's move here right. then then we saw why it's not as easy as we thought it was. The sound, uh, the the sound mixing, and the meeting uh, the background noise. I mean, I, I've done podcasts with other people, and they don't understand that you need to have it very quiet, otherwise it's going to come through. And, and it just it was a disaster. And I don't want to go through that ever again. Seriously. Yeah, no, no, we, we've come a long way, and obviously the life groups have come a long way as well. So, preach of everyone, and thank you for tuning in, everyone. This will not be the last time Felipe is on the Audible. I can promise you that much. He will be back. I cannot give you a date, but he will be back. And everyone, enjoy.